The time has come. Execute order 91.1. Yes, my lord. WVGL. Hey everyone, this is Trey Atkins alongside Campbell Garbert, Jack Vesey, and Graham Copeland. Welcome to the Barnes Before Bed Show, Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on Weagle 91.1 FM. You're home for late-night Auburn athletic coverage from a fan's perspective each hump day. War Eagle! And welcome to episode 19 of Barnes Before Bed. Here on Weagle 91.1, I'm Trey Atkins, joined alongside Campbell Garber, Jack Vesey, and Graham Gramello Copeland. And gentlemen, last weekend was another chapter in this very eventful March Madness. As we alluded to last week, a roller coaster, probably the bumpiest, craziest March Madness roller coaster I've personally experienced in my lifetime. I think this one's more wild than 2018. Let's first start off with our in-state rival going down Thursday night. I was at work when that happened. What did y'all see? What happened? What in the world happened? Uh, you just I mean, one San Diego State just played great defense, which we saw what they played FAU right the following game, correct? San Diego yeah. State? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they play no. on Saturday. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Uh, well, anyways, San Diego State defended really well and uh Bama just didn't shoot the ball well, which really annoyed me. It was I saw on Twitter multiple from multiple people comparing Brandon Ingram to I mean, sorry, Brandon Miller to Jabari Smith. Uh which like I get they're similar players, but Jabari didn't shoot twenty percent from the field in the tournament. Nineteen, I think. Yeah, it was it was nineteen. Yeah. Uh worst shooting percentage ever in the NCAA tournament. On a minimum whatever minimum, like yeah. thirty shots. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So from the highlights I saw on YouTube, it appeared that San Diego State just brought it to him and just sort of punked him in a way. And Brandon Miller with a vintage lottery pick March collapse, which I feel like we see so frequently. Last year, Paolo didn't have it. Chet had it. Jabari had it. The year before, Cade Cunningham went out in the round of 64. And then the list goes on. You can go all the way back to the early 2000s. Where he, what a quick just turn of events on a great season that he had, just he'll. I feel like, and I know the Bama fan base because they're so entitled and spoiled and annoying. This March collapse will erase their previous success of this past season. Oh yeah, I don't think anyone's. I outside them, you know, some Auburn people, maybe some SEC people. It's gonna be a forgotten year for them, no doubt. Yeah, and it's I their mean, best year in school history too. Nothing, yeah, makes, well, nothing were, makes me happier. Yeah, I mean, like you know, to an extent, like. You don't just stumble into being the number one overall seed going into the tournament. Like, so expectations are there. And especially when you look at the past few, at least in like the last, I think since COVID, uh, the number one overall seed has made a sweet, has made the Sweet 16 every year, I'm pretty sure. I could be, I might be need to be double checked on that, but I'm pretty sure. Well, this was the, the this, what'd yeah. you say? The uh, number one overall seed? The number one overall seed? Yeah. I've, Virginia I was the number one overall seed when they lost. No, the, this is the first year that a number one seed has not made it to the elite. Elite eight, eight. I yeah, that's right. that but. ever. And also, there's no one, two, or three in this upcoming Final Four. Let's talk about some of these other games. I want to give. I, I actually want to hit you with the question. Uh, 
is it Bama? Who's the biggest fail? Who had the biggest dis- failure? Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. Hands Purdue. down. Yeah, yeah. Number yeah. Without a debate, they're picked in like thirty-five percent of brackets to win it. Yeah, I guess uh, Arizona is strong Purdue. silver. I'd say, I'd say Alabama I'd might say Alabama, might Alabama, might be yeah. more disappointing. I'd say Duke deserves a little heat. I mean, they're a five seed though. Yeah, but they were theoretically they're supposed to lose. That they game. were getting so much hype and promotion heading into this tournament. Let's talk about some of these other games. We we watched Kansas State, a fantastic story. First of all, Keontae, uh his story is amazing. I've sort of Mar- uh, Norwell grew on me despite the Kentucky game. I love low down little baby clapping in the locker room. We made our mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. version yeah, of it this past right. weekend, which Jack has film of. Maybe posted onto Barner's Twitter account. Also, by the way, if you're not following our Twitter account, go follow at Barner's B4 with the number four bed on Twitter. Um, what Kansas State FAU? I also only got to watch the second half of that one. It just felt weird because I felt like it was Kansas State's region to lose at that point, and it was sort of destiny they were going to be in the Final Four, but not so fast. Boca Raton, Florida coming at you. Yeah, um, FAU has been the you know the kind of Cinderella team this this March. I mean, the nine seed in the Final Four, you know the the classic disruptor, if you will. Um, I don't know. They just they find ways to win, man. They, just, they, they, they never allow themselves to be out of the game. No, which yep. is huge. You're ne- they're never getting down to a, to a you know to an extent where it's like they never gave Kansas State really an opportunity to be like, all right, like we can finish them right here. They just kind of always hung around and played you know their brand of basketball, which is a lot of fun to watch in March. Yeah, Melly, what happened to your Zags guy? Yeah, that was a breakdown. I didn't even watch the game. Uh, really, but I mean, proof is in the pudding. The score says it all. I mean, just utter collapse, I guess. Uh, back to the FAU game and the K State game, though. I didn't catch much of that game either, but like just looking at it on paper, like how I don't know how in the world FAU even won that game. I mean, twenty-two turnovers to Kansas State's ten. Uh, Kansas State shot the ball better. Like I don't even. Maybe y'all can comment on like you know what what happened, but. I mean, they just like, yeah, go easy. uh, It's kind of just what I alluded to before. Just never, like, never allowed the game to get out of hand. And uh, okay, well now I see that FAU doubled their total rebounds. So yeah, probably yeah they dominated. (laughs) They dominated the glass. That was the one Uh, glaring error for that K State squad throughout the tournament. Oscar had 18 boards. Izzo's bunch held their own on the glass. I mean. It, when, you, when you throw up a lineup of four guards, that's the risk you take. So I want to hear y'all's opinion about the Elite Eight games. Obviously, UConn is now the team to beat. They just took Timmy and them to the woodshed, which I also didn't watch. And I feel like the common theme here is once your team loses in March Madness, it's just so hard to watch. It's the it's like you're not invited to a party, you get FOMO. That's what it's, it's like watching other teams play in March when your team's out. Would y'all agree? Yes, unless you're a basketball purist like myself. That or... Or you're just not a big enough fan. Or, or that, you know, when your team isn't expected to go make a deep run. I mean, yeah. I mean Auburn, we, we, had to play, you, yeah. we had to play Houston. I agree. I couldn't tell I, I also, I, I always watch. Like, I'm never going to not watch. I mean, the, I guess final, when we lost the Final Four, the the championship, I didn't really tune in that much. I yeah. Really, like, it, it kind of I mean, to, to be fair, one. like last year, I, said, I think that's perfect way of putting it Garber because last year with the expectations we had for Auburn I genuinely 
can't tell you who Kansas played in the national championship last year. Carolina. Car- oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, the Blue Bloods one last year. So last year, speaking of the Blue Bloods, was a Blue Blood uh, convention, for lack of better terms, with Carolina, Duke, Kansas, and Villanova this year. It's the spring break convention with San Diego, <laughs> Boca Raton, Miami, and Stores. I always thought it was Hartford, but it's Stores, Stores, Connecticut. How about that? UConn, once again, out of the blue, first tournament win since 2014. Now they are two games away from cutting down the nets for the first time in nine years and on pace to winning their fifth title this century. And the next closest teams are Tobacco Road, Carolina, and Duke with three. It's unreal you call, so I asked this question, I'll ask this to all you guys all around. Would you rather be a Kansas fan where you're a one through four seed every year, but every, let's say, you, you, or you're always in the hunt, but it's you can never get over that final step. They got over the final step last year. Kentucky would be a good example too. Kentucky's always in the hunt, but can't get over that final step. UConn just will come out of the party, be the life of the show, get their ring, and then go under the shadows of the college basketball realm for five years, then come back out and get another ring. It's un- unreal. Which which side of like the college basketball spectrum would you rather be on? UConn, no doubt. I th- yeah, I think UConn. It's I just fun. That, like, I, I mean, they've got to be having so much fun if you're a UConn fan. You know, all this you know pain for the last almost ten years. You know, all it's... that all that greatness from 20, 2011, 2014, and then going back even to ninety nine. You know, those teams, and then. Now you're back. Like it, it's it's exciting. I would, uh, I, 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 I would think, love to be a UConn fan right now. Yeah, my college football comparison of that would be: Would you rather be Oklahoma or I would say probably LSU because they you know they'll go and have uh, some really bad years. Yeah. But since what they have two championships in the last since eighteen years, oh seven and twenty nineteen. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah, something like that. That's a fair years. college football comparison. But I feel like the best one in sports would be. The early 2000s Steelers from like 06 to 2010, they'd either not make the playoffs or be in the Super Bowl. That's, That's what true. UConn is. They're not in the tournament or they're in the Final Four. It's the biggest anomaly and the craziest thing I I can't wrap my head around. The Huskies are always there in March. Dangerous team in March. I feel like it's I feel like it's a Big East theme in general. Like I feel like you know Villanova's had like obviously they had the two and three years, but then like. I feel I feel like they've just underperformed. Like, did they, they didn't make the tournament this year, right? No, but yeah, they had a down year this year. And then I feel like the same thing happened a couple of years ago. Like, they just there's never a like the Big East is just so like competitive that everybody every, it fluctuates so much. Yeah, but Nova's a bad comparison because during that Jay Wright run, they would get the one seed. Some like after they won in 2016, the next year they got bounced by Wisconsin in the round of 32 as a one seed. UConn yeah, is either that's true. They were a one seed that year. playing UAB in the NIT or cutting down the nets. Mello, what's, what's your take on this? So pose the question again. You're, you're a big UConn. I know Garber was a big UConn guy, and Garber's got some stakes heading into this weekend. What, um, what, what can you wrap your head around this Huskies phenomenon? Phenomenon, yeah. They're just so deep. I mean, I can't. They don't do anything particularly bad. Like they obviously Sonogo is just a behemoth down low. Uh, their guards, uh, Andre Jackson, Jordan Hawkins, they can fill it up. So there's really just like I can't see any weaknesses. I know they got a good bench too. So I mean, yeah, I mean, they they were kind of a UConn was kind of a sleeping 
sleeping yeah. giant entering this tournament. Because I don't, I think yeah. a lot of people forget because college basketball is it's not even that long of a season. But it's you, I don't know. You just since they so play, many games, you play so many games, you forget. I mean, you look back; they started the year something ridiculous, like twenty, almost almost twenty now. And they're preseason, like top ten. I exactly, they're top preseason, and then they just they Another just kept they just kept like top ten that people. They kept they about. went on a stretch where they lost. It looks like six out six out of nine, six out of nine games in a row, and I think that's what everyone just wrote them off. But you forget that they're playing in the Big East, and that like there's really not a. I mean, there are some pushover teams. Georgetown, of course. Uh, DePaul was pretty pretty bad this year. But outside of those kind of the bottom bottom three teams, no team is a pushover, especially if you're playing yeah. at anywhere at anywhere in the Big East since basketball like, is king. At UConn, they came in the most undervalued out of any team, right? And you could see it in Ken Palm how high up they still were, even, even despite their losses. Their, right. Yeah, what their AP poll ranking was. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, and how far they, how close they took Marquette, who was a two seed. Right. Yeah, like losing late in the tournament. I don't know. I, I'm not actually that shocked with this UConn UConn performance. The the road they've taken. The road they've taken has been interesting, but the fact that they're there is not. not right. Well, they also have insane. Calhoun's protege running the helm. But last topic before we let the magic happen in Houston, and we'll discuss next week the outcome. Was it a foul in the crazy yes. game? Ooh, yeah. Yes. But can you yes. call that with the game on the line? Yes, yes. but. I, the only issue I have with it is they were not calling that foul for the entirety of the game. That it was a foul that probably they might let run if that's if that happens with 13 minutes to go, because they were it was a very if you remember watching it was a very physical game. Yeah. The entire time, uh, so like I think that's what shocked everybody was like it had been such a physical game for the whole whatever 40 minutes, and then that call is made, and it's the right call, yeah. but uh, you want to see some consistency with that call through I, the fourth I, I could definitely to... see the frustration in the Creighton fan base. I think I would be very frustrated, but I think if you look at it, you you erase the whole game and you take take it to the last play, did that action or did that not would that not affect a shooting motion? And I think it does. I mean, it was a really un, unnecessary play as well by Nimbard. Mm-hmm. You know, he got beat, just let him he's shooting a like a floater, just let him shoot it. I mean, it's not the it's not the lowest percent chance, percent look, but it's it's still you know there's there's more there's, yeah as I was, it's not a great look just let him go and he just got overzealous I I don't know I think I I do I do think that that's the right call and I think that having that mentality that oh they haven't calling it like that is almost a little bit of in the, kind of in the makeup call category and I think makeup calls work mid game but late game I don't think you can do it I think you got to just be you got to be objective, but I, then again, Creighton, any if any Creighton fans are out there listening, my heart goes out to you because that is that. Yeah, I've cool. always been a huge proponent of letting the players decide the game, and I lost all juice once you see the hand on the hip. If he didn't have his hand on the hip, that could have been a no right. call. Yeah, you just had the I body. Think, I think any sort of contact, like kind of below, you know, like your core, like kind of maybe even below your waist, automatically is. I, I thought it was a good call. Anytime a shooter's airborne, there's contact below the waist. I think that's automatic yeah. Yeah. whistle. Well, we're on pace here for a break. We're gonna go around the table real quick. Who's your national championship or excuse me, who's your national champion on Monday? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Miami. UConn. 
It's a square pig, but it's Yukon. I don't, think, I, don't I, think, I don't think it's square. It might be common. But square, I don't think is the right word. I agree. I buzzing through. We forgot to talk about the Miami Texas game, but I'm. We just, can talk about it after the break. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm blown away by how Miami's made it this far with just the lack of size. Like more guards than Shawshank, as uh, Rothstein says. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, that Texas game that was an all time show. But anyways. We're going to go ahead and take a short break. Thank you guys for staying up late with us, and we will be back shortly. And welcome back, Barners Before Bed, episode 19. And moving on to next year, and Auburn basketball in particular for next year, we watched Aiden Holloway last night in the McDonald's All-American game put on a show. We heard the hype around his playmaking ability and three-point shooting, and he showcased it on a national scene and it was beautiful to watch it was great to see a guard above six feet as well <laughs> i mean and um yeah no he he performed well i wish we'd got to see him at the end of the game to finish that one out but the east squad came back and won so and he was playing behind the best guard in the country which we will see them face in sec play him and dj wagner who ended up winning mvp but last week we talked about who's coming back who's leaving and there's been some changes since our last discussion as Johan Treor has entered the transfer portal along with Chance Westry. And there's rumblings of Alan Flanagan's father and coach, Wes Flanagan, taking a job at Ole Miss, which one would presume we would lose Alan from this program either to the league or to go play for his father for Chris Beard and the Rebels. So, fellas, let's once again go down the line and I, Trey Donaldson announced on Twitter today that he's coming back, right? Did I read it too he, much in that yeah, tweet, no, or is I that he's coming back? I think, you're, I think he's coming back. Okay, so we have three set in stone. Zepp's already gone, so four technically set in stone. Chan Chan put his highlights on Twitter, so I guess he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. That's a huge <laughs> loss. Unless Best. you're a kid named Murphy Stapleton. There's two, there's two walk-on spots opened up for our boy. So, Murph, if you're listening, I know you're not. Hit the gym, buddy. Let's get ready. Let's do it. All right, let's start from the top. KD, week two, is he coming back or is he gone? Um, so from what I've heard from my sources is that he might test the waters, but I think ultimately he wants to come back. I got on his Instagram live uh, two days ago, and he was just like talking to some to some bozos, just defending his team and like former like they were – Bad-mouthing Sharif, and KD was ready to go to war uh, for Sharif. He's ready to go to war for Wendell. And uh, backing Auburn as a whole, and I feel like that's not something you would do if you're thinking about leaving. So that makes me think KD is going to stick around. KD, was he with Sharif? He was never with Sharif. No, he wasn't. Uh, he was just still backing He was just defending him. him. Okay. Yeah, that's, just backing the program. Yeah, like just backing the program. Oh, yeah, okay. backing Bruce. Yeah, I was like, all right, nice. Good to see that. Um, I I could see him. I could see him staying. I really would like him to stay. Um, you know, adding, you know, keeping depth and experience in the guard position, always needed. Um, especially now that Chance Westry's gone. So we got and Zepp's leaving. So we got some spots. We got three spots open currently. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see him stay. I think he really started to figure out his role mm-hmm. like the last six or so games of the season. And I mean. You need a dog like him on the court. I mean, well, he's one of those guys off the bench too that can all they can come out and give you twenty. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, you never I mean, know. You never know, and it's not like it's not like he's going for twenty every time. But sometimes he's got it, and yeah. that's a that's a valuable asset to have a guy, have a guy that's not your expected, you know, yeah, expected main scorer to come out and. I think yeah. I think he's a very underrated on ball defender as well. Oh, I think, his defense I think, is great. I think Zep. I mean, we always talk about Zep, and we always talk about how big and strong Alan Flanagan is, but I I think really good on ball defender. You know what he is? He's, he's annoying. He's, he's an annoying. He's, he's, anno- he's a pest. He's a. He's got quick hands. He gets, yeah, he gets his hands in there. I, I mean, yeah, I'd hate. I would hate that. You'd hate after having to, yeah, yeah having him deal on with you. that. Yeah, which is awesome. Which is what you want. Um. So yeah, I'd, I'd be a big fan if he came back. Moving down the line, let's uh I'll save the next guy on the roster numerically for last, considering it's probably the most not controversial, but the most debate worthy player. So Jalen Williams, I don't know if y'all saw on Twitter, but it was in a organic chemistry class, I believe. Someone in a cahoot had their name as comeback Jalen. I saw ball that. tokens <laughs> for that guy's Jalen was actually in the class and saw that. So I don't know. There's been no rumblings on Twitter of him going elsewhere. There's also been no. He's been quiet. So I'm gonna say he's coming back. I want to say I think he needs to test the waters for the NBA draft. Uh, he's not. I don't. No. Hear me out. Just get evaluated. No, I'm looking at you that way because I said that last week. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I was about to. Yeah, and if you have no more eligibility, why not use your one year testing the waters? What Graham said with Alan Flanagan, just so he, you know, that's where my uh, citation goes. And yeah, my boy Al Flan. And, but there's no reason not to go have professionals tell you what you're good at and what you're bad at. And then come back to Auburn and be like, all right, this is one thing that I need to work on to better myself and our team. So. I, I hope he comes back. He was, you know, he was who Bruce wanted to build the offense around last year. If you remember, after that Miami loss, he uh, in the press conference he was like, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, having Jalen as the centerpiece of our offense. And so, uh, we kind of like he kind of like, and we saw it in games this year for sure, where he, you know, he would go off of scoring the ball, but then there'd also be games where you'd forget that he was on the court. So I hope he comes back and has more confidence in uh, his shots and takes more shots. But he'd be he'd be huge to have next year. Yeah, we were all scratching our heads when Bruce said that about him being like, you know, the 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 main focus offensively. Um, and turns out he's absolutely right. I mean, uh, you show me an Auburn loss, I'll show you a stat line of Jalen Williams shooting the ball like six times, maybe just having an off night. So I would love to see him come back. I think he should. Um, he's just not an NBA talent, I don't think. I mean, his release is very unorthodox, just slow. I'd, I mean, yeah, I I don't want to undermine his career at all um, at the collegiate level. I think he's a great college basketball player. I don't think he will ever pan out in the NBA. So, but I agree. I think he should test the waters, come back. He's also one of those players that's improved every year. Yeah, correct. Which I mean is like. Expected with most college kids, but I mean I don't know. I, we've seen just constant upward growth, so I'd I'd very much love to see him back on back on the team. Um, you know, providing for us. Yeah, no, he definitely took a huge jump, and he, I remember at media day this past year when I went and covered for Weagle, he talked about how playing behind Jabari, he learned a lot, got better as a player, and matured a lot through that position, and really putting the team first. 
moving on, let's do yes or no answers for these next three guys so we can really talk about our last one. Janai? Yes. 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 Chris Moore? I have no idea. Sure. Probably. No idea. And Alan Flanagan? No. Yes. No. We will have a lot more to talk about him probably later on. So let's save the Alan Flanagan debate for another time once we hear more about Wes's status with the program. And lastly, the one that everyone wants to know, Wendell Green. I mean, dude, he's posting, like, he's very active on Twitter right now, which is interesting to me because I feel like all these other guys in the portal, like, that we're targeting are, you know, staying quiet, trying to figure out what they're going to do. But Wendell's very, like, you know, he, he's been tweeting stuff about Auburn. You know, he, after during the Burger Boy game, he was tweeting about Aiden Holloway, which is cool to see because that, that makes me think, okay, he's ready to support his teammate. You know, if you're leaving and you're, you know, I'd argue the guy that's coming in to take your job, I don't know if you'd be supporting him. Like, what did uh, what did Joe Flacco say? Uh, Or no, it was Tannehill. Tannehill. I'll, I was uh, about to say, like, yeah, I, sorry. No, no just, all right, that was, yeah, the Tannehill quote. <laughs> no, uh, I don't even remember what it was because it literally meant nothing. I was about to say, there's only Flacco had a cool quote anyways, the, the <laughs> lamest elite quarterback of all time, and yes, he is elite for anyone who wants to dance on that one Tannehill? another time. I no, agree. Flacco. Flacco is elite. Um, Super Bowl champion. What was the Tannehill quote? It was, uh, I, I'm not going to help. Yeah, no, like, not, it, was, it, it wasn't. Like, well, it was something along the lines of that, but more. Well, it was like I'm here to win this job, not be a mentor. Well, yeah, that's up. what it was. It wasn't to be a mentor. Wow. Okay, so yeah, well, people talking about him, t- him losing his job to him. Like, what, what do you expect a guy to do? Yeah, so, I don't. I don't see how. We're talking about basketball. I, I don't know how. Or I guess Aiden could play off the ball because he's a good spot up shooter. He hit spot up threes yesterday. But I'd rather have him with the ball in his hands. I can Wendell play without the ball? I don't think we've seen him play without the ball these past two years. We really haven't. But why? I I, I kind of I, I don't know. I I'd like to see him come off the bench because I want to see yep. let's get Denver Jones. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what we were saying last week. We want to see Wendell take more of a backseat role, and I I just can't see it with him. So that's why I think um, I think Wendell is is uh, I'd say like. 60-40, portal yes. And everyone loves Wendell. It's not it's not any anything personal or it's just maybe it's time to move on. It was the same thing with Gus. It was just time to move on. But here's my dream backcourt for next year for Auburn. Aiden Holloway at the one, Caleb Love at the two. I feel like he would thrive in Bruce's style of play, fast paced, pickup style. You have the ultimate green light, which haunted Carolina fans this past year because he has a wild shot selection. But he's a bad shot taker, sometimes a bad shot maker, and we have a good history with Carolina transfers, as Walker Kessler proved last year. As, yeah, we do. And he's 6'4". He yep. is 6'4". I do love a, uh, a large guard. I think Indiana's his number one right now, but I would love to go after That'd him. That'd be sick. Yep. Vizzy, uh, I was going to bring this up. Is it is it true that your, your source – Hearing, hearing from you, from your source, um, anonymous source, that we might be seeing close to seven to eight new players this year. Yes. Can you? Uh, how, how would that? How would that happen? How how would we go about? What, what would have to happen? What would? What would so we what would have to happen is so we have three guys exiting right now. There's three spots open. Uh, 
we you would have to see probably Al leaves, Simo leaves, Wendell leaves. That gives you six spots. Uh and then we gain that scholarship back uh that we were that was mm-hmm. taken away. So that's seven. seven. Spots. Okay, I got it. Yeah. And where do you think we target most of our guard in the guard department? Uh looking for bigs? You see it's gotta be guards, right? I mean, yes, but also like we need some depth for, at guard. Like, the wing position. I was about to say if or we wing, lose, yeah. if Flanagan. we lose Flanagan, and I mean, I don't know what Simo is going to do because there's a chance it's not Flanagan and it's Simo. Uh, like we're we were not deep at that position really this year, so um, I think it's going to be everywhere because you know a big name that we're targeting is Clil Ware who played yep. center at Oregon. He gives me major Walker Kessler vibes, right? And and that's the perfect pitch if you're a coach. Hey. You see that Walker Kessler kid at UNC? Like, did couldn't find his step. Was a five star coming out of high school? Uh, yeah, he came here and was one of the best players in the country. And now he's second in rookie of the year voting. It's like, come here and help. Let me help you. Sometimes, okay, but sometimes but, you need a coach to let you uh, open up and open up your game. But mm-hmm. he confuses me though. The where kid. What he was a five star now. Everyone's craving for his services. Kessler. It was Roy's last year. He played behind Baycott, who he's obviously way more talented than Baycott. But still, Armando Baycott is a very, very good collegiate basketball player. Who who is he playing behind at Oregon? I'm sure he started. No one really watches the Pac-12 on this side of the coast. I, I don't I don't know anything about this kid. Why is everyone craving him? But his stats are. Not I mean, eye-opening, and no, but I mean, he only played 16 minutes per game. That, so. but why? If he was a five-star, and now everyone's wanting him, what's is it just the potential? You're also forgetting uh, that you. Sorry, I just got sidetracked. Walker was also behind Garrison Brooks. That true. That oh. too. It was Baycott and Brooks, right? Yes. How did they? That's like that's a very. I good think Garber already said it. I think it just depends on the coach locker. who yeah, brings yeah. out the best of you. And I and not that Roy Williams didn't, but Roy Williams has a tighter. I'm trying to figure out the best way to like word this. It was a COVID Roy year, his had, last Roy, year. Roy Williams kind of has has seems to have like a tighter grip on his team than Bruce does. Bruce kind of likes to take his hands off a little bit. He likes to guide them in, in a certain mm-hmm. you know, direction. air direction just and let them go, yeah. and then let them go. Um, that's I why think, guards like to play here yeah exactly yep. and so I think that helped out Walker because I think Walker was just told to play one role and one role only seems to be enjoying the post coaching life oh. saw some videos of him at the Baja Mar during mm-hmm. our spring break shout out to Roy Hall of Famer legend but anyways that. we're going to take a quick break come back for the third segment thank you guys for staying up late with us and we will be back shortly and we're back Partners for Bed, episode 19. And let's go ahead and mentally prepare ourselves for next Wednesday or even Monday around midnight because we are about to enter the gauntlet of post-collegiate sports this about five-month span of boredom baseball. I think you're baseball. college baseball. Yeah, but I'm not. Okay. Uh, me personally, I know you're not a soccer guy. I'm not a baseball guy. It's not my... My cup of tea. So what what are some of the things that y'all look forward to, or not even look forward to, that watch that you watch during this time? Because we have the NBA summer, or the NBA playoffs, first of all. That's awesome. I I think there's some other, uh, there's obviously the Masters. There's the drafts. I love watching the NFL draft. The drafts are always fun to watch because the Twitter buzz is just awesome. Yeah. And it's like, you know, 
what I I'll say it like there's not much like I think watching like in during the draft trade that like ends up being like a blockbuster trade is so cool. Just watching it all, all right. take watch it all happen live is pretty cool. All right. NBA yeah, free agency is fun up. to keep up with. And now college basketball sort of become a free agency. And Jeff Goodman sort of oh, become yeah. Woj. Yeah. <laughs> did you see him take a shot at Dockage on Twitter? It was like a Dockage miss per usual. I did not know there was beef inside the... What did Dockage... I saw that. He, he did. He blocked he, on Twitter. He did miss pretty bad. I can't remember what it was, but that's pretty class. That's, yeah, that's pretty textbook. No, I love the draft. Um, it's mini football. You get a mini NFL season in April. Pretty cool. Where's the uh, draft this year? They always have it in new places, which I think is cool. I don't know, I'm but tell you, right you get now. back in your football mind. You start watching a lot of a lot of green on the TV. You start seeing the green a lot. Um, it's a nice little break. You um, see some pads flying. There's then, also spring games. Mm, I I I'm so out. I've seen on spring Kansas games. City this year. That's cool. Yeah, Kansas kind of. City's the cool. one in Dallas was the best when everyone would go up there and just make fun of Cowboys fans. Yeah, that one was good. Uh, if COVID never hit, the one in Vegas would have been so cool. Yeah. Well, the what did they they well they did it in Vegas, but they didn't do it. The original plan during the COVID year was they were going to do it oh on, the, the on the fountain yeah. of the Bellagio. Yeah. And they were going to boat the players out. They got drafted up to the stage. That was going to be that was going to be the coolest thing. That ever. was well, so the, cool. and then they ended up doing it in Vegas, and they did it in that weird like tent dome thing yeah. yeah where it was like you couldn't even tell that they were outside it looked really it looked so strange yeah i think nashville did it the best i mean i'm biased but no yeah like, I nashville, agree. we had like eight, it had like eight, it was like seven hundred thousand people in the streets of broadway yeah like, i thought that was pretty cool that was cool i will say that the covid draft where it was in goodell's basement and the whole portnoy thing was so funny that provided yes, me so much entertainment chair. during the ghost town that, era of that was sports. amazing because that was like the first like sports thing like meaningful sports thing that like happened during covid like that wasn't that was still we were like a lot of places were on real strict like lockdown and, like that was the, like i really like that was one of the first times like all my buddies got together and we like watched we watched the draft and we like treated it like a live sport well there's the match awesome. Manning, Tiger, Nelson, and Brady. Yeah, yeah. I guess that wasn't mean. Honestly, everything during that time was was amazing. I don't know if any real ones out there remember the Cat Cave Derbies, but yes, the uh, The horses, baby, betting on ponies. The 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 horses every day. Coach Doug from from Big Cat, and yeah, and Coach Doug's. Those are COVID sports time. That was wild. This Uh, is basically COVID sports time, though. So the Kentucky Derby. So false. No, Today. you still have you opening. Like, no, Barber said it off air. Tomorrow start is opening day, yeah. which like I know Trey doesn't like baseball, but I I love baseball. It's fun. To, I enjoy watching it. It's fun you, to go to games. I I like it. baseball, and I I'm probably not the biggest baseball purist, especially MLB wise. But the summertime is my kind of my, my favorite time when there's really nothing, and you know you can just tune into a game, tune into a couple innings, and right. That's my kind of speed on baseball. So. We got that. I think I'm going to give you an underrated one. I mean, I guess since I'm from Nashville, it makes sense. But and I don't. I would. I wouldn't expect y'all to be huge fans. But late season hockey. When you start watching the teams that are on the playoff cusp, teams playing for, um, like teams playing for the one seed, teams trying to get in the wild card. It almost plays like playoff hockey, and then just the Stanley Cup playoffs are incredible. I don't know. Y'all, y'all got to. I'll, y'all I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. The, I need to the understand speed, the speed of the game. And the intensity of the game is unlike none other. Fights break out way more often. It's bad yeah, hockey's growing on me for sure. Yeah. It's uh, 
Thanks to Mr. Ice. Hockey, yes. (laughs) yes. But hockey is a sport for me, at least. Like, when I watch a sport, I want to be able to tell who's winning without looking at the score, if that makes sense. Like, football. See, like the the old school basketball Basketball, you know, you can see time of possession and, like, you know, turnovers and stuff like that. Like, I want to be able to watch a hockey game and see, like, Okay, the score is one to zero, but this team's playing a lot better. Well, you like, see shots on goal differential is usually yeah. pretty big. Like, I just got to get into it. Yeah, if a team's up one zero and has twenty shots, and the other team only has five, then yeah, you you can tell who's dominating. Right. But yeah, it's uh, I think that's a that's a low key good one. I like the Stanley Cup playoffs more than the NBA playoffs. And this time of the year is a good time to try new things. I remember a few summers ago, I went to a NASCAR race. It's awesome. I don't know if you guys cool. ever yeah. dabbled with that, but that's a fun no. event. I, I would love to go to one. Best tailgate I've ever been to as well. I can't uh I can't I can't get into watching it, man. <laughs> I remember my uh my my sweet mate freshman year was a from Indianapolis. We did an Indy we did an Indy five hundred. I don't know if y'all ever heard of this. You do like a pool where you like everyone dra- yeah. I mean, everyone just draws cars out of out of a raid and you just keep, out of the hat and you just keep going until you, you have all your racers. We were like so excited for it. You watch about ten laps, and you're like, "All right, like mm-hmm. we got 490 more of these." Like, I, I, I can't, I can't get into. It's the essentially racing. watching a ball spin, like watching yeah. a ball spin on a roulette wheel. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Last, you know, last ten, ten laps, but yeah, I'm out on racing. I'm trying to think of some other things. Golf, golf, yeah, golf, golf, yeah, golf heats up. Yeah. You have the Masters. It's all the majors. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, over the summer, we're missing Omaha. Yeah, that's and that's what I was trying to get out of the beginning. We still got Auburn baseball. Yeah, and I'm going to be attending many, but already attended a couple. Let me keep attending some games. You know, now that we really about to have a free. Uh, now that we're allowed to sleep, almost. We're no, almost, we still have another month. Yeah, we, I, we can't sleep till May. See, I don't get that. Why? Why can't we sleep mid April? It's Rostin's rules. I, I guess I got to listen so to because Rostin. the it's too long of a tweet. the deadline to. Declare for the draft, I believe, is May first. So that's probably why we can't sleep. Okay. Oh, you got deep into that. I I, I always just assumed. So the twenty twenty two or twenty three season's not officially over till May first, when we know. I don't think it ever ends. I mean, I think college basketball is about to blow up like college football in terms of the transfer portal. So I think it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be very fun. So So I don't think we never sleep. sleep. I mean, this summer. I mean, the more I think about it, the more fun summer sports actually are. You got Stanley Cup finals. You got NBA. Playoffs, uh, you got Omaha, you got the women's stuff world going Cup. on. Mellow, no. you're a big Megan Rapino fan. I no, know. no, stop. It, it is, I mean, what well, it's soccer in its truest form it's a, as, a, as a woman's sport, and so I, uh, I, I'll probably, I'll probably be watching it, but oh, I will say, uh, so speaking of these, you know, dates and with basketball, anybody else get confused seeing like it was either yesterday or today the. Today, like today in history, was 2019 when we won in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Sweet 16 yeah. was played this late. Yeah. I got yeah. like a Snapchat memory. Was that, was that not a late, late tournament? Comparatively, I, I don't, I, I don't know, so. I don't know how it worked. I always thought they kind of kept the same, kept the same dates generally. But I was like, it felt kind of late for that. Yeah, that does feel late. I, I don't know. I guess it just varies it's based off like I guess weekday, like what. Day of the week the month starts on. Yeah, because it yeah. was it's still within a week time frame, I believe, or no, two week week and a half. Maybe there was a leap year that no leap year. I like it's also a weird year scheduling was like Easter's earlier in April this year than it usually is. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it is. I think so. 
I don't know what what else we so NBA summer league I think is fun to watch. You get to see the new draft prospects I love, for the first yeah, time. Really, y'all are into that? Uh, yeah, I like summer league. And uh, with this coming up, this has been in the rumblings for a while. Teams are going to start being allowed to play college teams. That oh, is yeah. in the August July circuit more often, more frequently, and that will be great to watch. I wish there was something like that in college football. Like a spring game, you got to play. Injury risk too yeah, high. I was gonna say it's the well, same reason. Because imagine if like your star quarterback, you're no, not, not even the red jerseys. Not not quarterbacks, the wrong guys. Say your like left tackle tear, gets rolled up and then tears his ACL in a meaningless exhibition right. tune-up game. Well, now, that what could I still could happen behind, in the spring game. This is blowing up in uh Yes, but that's I. I think when you're when you're playing in house, when you're keeping it in house, there's a level of. There's a level of contact that goes down, and you know, like there's there's really low chance of anything dirty happening. As soon as you introduce another team, regardless of it, it's just you know another team. It adds more competitive flow, competitive juices. So I, yeah, I would personally, I understand that that would be fun to watch. I would personally be livid, just as I'd be like if I was a Mets fan and saw Edwin Diaz get hurt in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I would be. Now Absolutely I could good. I could get behind really blowing up at the high school level for recruiting now is they did a little college football preseason seven on seven. I'd watch I would white watch that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually I, I I'm there for that. Seven on seven's not real football, but no, I do but I do uh I, I, I think I would watch I was gonna ask y'all when do y'all when do y'all start letting yourself get excited about college football? Because you can't do it too early because then you're gonna that's kinda Honest. why I hate that's why I hate spring games because it's just a taste, and then they just take it away from you, and you, and then you just like, and they're really meaningless. They, I'd say they after the nothing. Fourth of July. Well, no, once Ooh, SEC Media Day. Early though. No, once SEC Media Day. Happens. Yeah, yeah, it's Media Day. I think is for me. I need another Jimbo Either, Saban Media Day. Still in that that, I, that slow crawl all the way to September. It's is, is it's the first day I step back on Auburn's campus for good. That's too late. No. Oh uh, yeah, you got to be watching. Hi- you got to be grinding rush. highlights at home for. Because high school football is already kicked off by then. Well, but we're not plugged into that. Yeah. No, but that's just like football's back. If it is the first it's taste true. of football, first time you get to see pads flying. I'd say media day is a fair. Yeah. Media for any sport, point. it's fair to be I mean, back. I, I think it's personally all the time. I mean. Ah, but you can't do that. That's so brutal well, to yourself I mean, to do, do that. You know, the amount of things that could happen between now and August, I mean. I keep alluding to the transfer portal, but it's true. Like there could be some quarterbacks. Like like take Ole Miss for example. Like that quarterback battle is going to be crazy, and, yeah. and somebody's bound to leave. Yes. So yes. like that could potentially be our quarterback. You know. True. I mean, yeah. No, I think it, I think I think that's separate though. I think treat like talking about thinking about off season stuff is different. I'm thinking about when do you just start thinking about like envisioning your team playing leaves are changing well, yeah like that uh, you can't do i I'll always i mean i'm gonna do it i'm gonna start thinking about it in well, june probably and then i'm gonna you know i'm, I'm you know i'm a walking program so you know i love uh depth charts and, and yeah. things of that nature so i get fired up about that pretty yeah. much year round walking program. speaking of football you're hearing about tj finley getting uh, some one reps yes I did. Well, but i also saw holden's getting some one reps i saw so. holden with i've heard most zero, zero about robbie that Haven't, scares me i thought he'd take a jump this offseason because yeah. he played no, so early, well we're early Bama. we're early we're very early i wouldn't Cause, say he cause, played so well in Bama, but he had some he ran highlight. the ball effectively yes he was he like had, seven he of had 22 some great throws he had that one throw to javarius in the corner of the end zone yes he That's went cool. seven of 22 
I don't care. I thought he. Well, played we're well. installing a whole new offense too. I'm so we're in, like dude. Phil Montgomery's in, introducing the RPO, and he just came out and talked about it, that. He said that like the QB development has been slower because these guys have to learn a new offense. That's my. We're thing no longer too, doing the Harson Pro dude, style. So well, that's cool. my thing too. I think Robbie. I mean, he's the most athletic out of the three, so I feel like that would come more naturally to him, but apparently not. Well, let's put ourselves. Let's take ourselves back a year. Who was the expected starter around this time? Zach Calzada. So, yeah, right. you know, so, Please. like, there's a lot of things that are, are going to change. We don't even know if we have a full quarterback room yet. Yeah, so right now I think us theorizing it's fun and all, but who really knows? I think TJ Finley is the ultimate. Like, you know, there's always – there's a bunch of high school teams that have that guy that absolutely is a stud in seven-on-seven, seven, can sling it around, but when the pads come on and – and uh, you know, you you face uh, another opponent in the opposite color. I think that it just goes all out the window. That's what I kind of think of when I think of TJ. So I will not believe in, will never believe in the hype for him. Sorry, bud. But. Appreciate the analysis there, Mel Kuyper Copeland. <laughs> and we, on that Sorry, note, bud. thanks, Graham. We'll take a short break. Come back and finish this one off here. Late Wednesday night, the Pac-12 after dark, Barnes for bed. Put your fours up. Yep, we will be back shortly. To the fourth and final segment of episode 19. And heading into the final four, we thought this week's game would revolve around host cities and the best host cities in the United States. Or if you want to talk soccer, maybe even the world. Garber, go to a Champions League final in Madrid. Oh, I didn't have your mic on, my fault. Estadio Azteca? Yeah, how about that? Well, Soccer tokens. He's pretty. Isn't that like the biggest stadium in the world? There's some baseball stadium in Japan that holds like 150,000. It's not. It's really? like a cricket stadium. I forgot what it's. Maybe it's Korea. One of the two. That's nuts. But it's it's because I, I used to watch those like biggest stadium in the world videos, and it'd always be like the f- top the four of the top five would be the big house, the horseshoe, Neilan, Ryan Denny, and then it'd just be some random cricket stadium that is packed every time but let's um how do you want to do this i was thinking two ways my first idea was we pick an ideal host city for the college football championship let's go sport by sport let's go sport by sport i like that or there's i feel like it's the same cycle of cities so we couldn't really do a mount rushmore type so let's start with college football what what would be your ideal college football championship town mine's the rose bowl I yeah. think it is just yeah. iconic. Yep. There's yeah. an aesthetic That's to a, it. It's beautiful. Pasadena. It's just also a cool word to say. Yeah, Pasadena. Yep. That is pretty cool. Beautiful su- sunsets are better over there. Um at the Rose Bowl, I think you know, that red sky. There's a bylaw that oh. had the Rose Bowl be a college football playoff setting every year if I'm not mistaken, it right? It should be. I think so. Also, uh because it doesn't deserve a Utah-Penn State game. It deserves a high market, you stop what you're doing to watch that game type of game. I Who Agreed. cared about the Rose Bowl this past year? Sean Clifford's Kobe game, his farewell game. Like, boo. I don't care. Uh, I'll throw one, just one to rival it. Uh, Miami. Uh, Hard, Rock? Hard Rock? Hard Rock is pretty cool. Like, yeah. I went, I mean, sorry, don't get mad at me, but I went 2012 to that BCS game. And uh it's just a cool place to have a like have football going on in. That wasn't Hard Rock. That was um what was it called? No, it wasn't Hard Rock. It was time, yeah. <laughs> that stadium was about 
was maybe like a gust of wind away from falling. Yeah, down. it was. But like just the ab- I'm talking about the atmosphere outside of the stadium, town itself. It was cool. Uh, Palm Beach was rocking. Uh, it's a cool. It was a cool area to have a game in. I think we can all agree that MetLife should never host anything college football related. I thought that should be a pro football site only. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Indy when they hosted the national championship, the Bama Georgia game from a couple of years ago. I, I thought like, that was lame. I like AT and T as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's I like line. an outdoor stadium though. I mean, I've I've always been uh, football's an outdoor game. I'm trying to think where, it gets I, don't, I mean, I think, I mean, I, it's, it's, I know it's cold. I know it's cold, but it's football weather. Phoenix is football also, but also if you're, weather's if, October. but also if you're in a, if you're in Pasadena, it doesn't matter. I think, yeah, it's gotta be Rose Bowl. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, I was kind of looking at running down the list of, uh, Phoenix is a good spot. Phoenix was cool. It was cool. Uh, I think we just named, cool if like I think a, we just named all the New Year's six bowls basically. Yeah, as I, say, for, but I think it'd be kind of cool. Like. They thought about like a national championship being played at like a college campus, like yeah, somewhere. I was just thinking about that, and you know, if you open that up, yeah, but where would people? Where would all these incoming fans stay? I've, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm just talking about gameplay, and I think if you go there, I think just in terms of cooler, cooler stadiums. Yeah, Beaver be, Stadium, honestly, Penn State. I I thought it was a cool setup. It was weird that it was that far far off campus, but it's massive, massive parking lots would be perfect for you know tailgating for the national championship and all that. I don't know. But on the contrary, Garber, let's say Auburn goes undefeated. You're a student. Hooray! We've made the national championship. Let's get tickets to State College, Pennsylvania. Well, we already we already we did do that, but for a week three game. Not the if it's the national championship, I want to. I guess there's got to be there's got to be a destination. Got, yeah. Um, well, also it's got to be like you can't have a home game in the national. No, I know. I'm, I'm. We're playing. We're playing in the hypothetical world. Um, I'd say the Titan Stadium in 2027, the new one. Yep. Is that true? Is that going to be a yeah? It's destination. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Broadway would be such a cool place to have all the fans there, and it would be. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, we forgot New Orleans. New Orleans actually was I don't be, love New Orleans not though. a good one. Really. New Orleans actually going to be my answer to the next question, the final 4. I think it doesn't get better than New Orleans for the final 4. Start putting the final 4 MSG. back in basketball arenas. Start putting them back in basketball MSG, arenas. But I they they one. get all those fans. It's four different teams. I like it being in domes. I, but it's just basketball it's it's too big. I've never been in it, but it just seems like the the sound gets lost in there. I don't know. I think I guess I understand that you want to be able to, you know, fit all four at all those games, but yeah, MSG. Give me MSG. The That'd Garden be... would be cool, but there's something about it's so unique, it's so different, and it's one of a kind. Putting that court, and it looks so small when you see those pictures from all the way up in the bleeds, especially at AT and T. That photo will never leave my mind when it was when UConn won it all in 2014. But like, what do you even do if you're in the like the bleeds at NRG. How do you? Can you even? Do you, are you just watching the jumbotron the whole time? Like, can you even see the basketball? Hey, you're jumbotroning. Like, you're there yeah. for the experience. Just to say that you were there. Yes. Which I'm. I'm with you, Garb. I'm not a fan of it. I think I, MSG yeah. should host every Final Four. But there's just something beautiful about the Big East now, especially the Big East has full reign on the on Big yeah. East tournament has full reign on the on the on MSG. And I feel like that kind of that would overshadow it a little bit. Then just happened. do like okay. Then I would I would go MSG. Uh, what is it now? Crypto Arena, just because the history there of the forum yeah. and yeah. 
Uh, I think L.A., though, is such a horrible the Blender's cool, Legion but... host. Oh, t- look, yeah, terrible. Look, look at SoFi. They couldn't tailgate. That's true. That's true. But I'm also just thinking of arenas. Oh, uh, what is it? What's, uh, is it American Airlines, Chicago? Staple. Or no, uh, United Center. Yeah, United Center. Uh, I think United Center. United Center. Cool. Yeah, that ooh. United Center might yeah. be, might be. I think that's where I would want want to see a Final Four. Chicago. I think Chicago would be an incredible. Chicago's a great Trey. I know we were talking about the rush Mount Rushmore for host cities. Chicago's very high on my list. Very high up. Yeah, because you could do so, well, you know, Soldier Field. Yeah, field. true. If they if they build a new stadium, Chicago, I think would be one. Because like, imagine. Like, let's just take a – this is a huge hypothetical. Imagine if the College World Series wasn't in Omaha, which it's so special. But, like, imagine if they were playing at, like, Wrigley. Like, that'd be sick. I See, I think I think there's something nice about it being played in Omaha. You I know, agree. Just a stadium built – I don't – and also, like, I, I always feels weird seeing a college baseball game being played in MLB Stadium, mainly because they can't fill – no one can ever fill them. And so – This is a hypothetical yeah, where it's full. Or, yeah, that's true. But – we're watching Sunny D take one over the Ivy. Mm, that would that would be cool. From someone who's been to a Final Four game in the Dome, I went in the 2012 Final Four in New Orleans. It was so beautiful to watch four different fan bases and seeing all the different colors inside one arena watching a game at the same time. And that can either hurt or help you, considering if you're either the underdog or the favorite. And Kentucky usually is on the wrong end of that, considering the other 75% of fans there are harshly cheering against Calipari and the Cats. Trey, but, I, I was going to ask you a question. So when, like when I was at the Auburn game in Birmingham, there was a ton of just fans of other teams. Did you see a lot of that, of just like people from New Orleans or people in the area that just wanted to go to the Final Four wearing like, I don't know, like UCLA stuff? Like, oh, like, yeah. Do you see that? Like, like you almost went to Houston this past year. If um, Yeah. If uh, one of your family connects would have – cut down the nets in the region. And I, I'm all about having – I'm I'm not exclusive. I'm all about having more people at the party. Bring I it agree. on. And they don't – they don't have – they cut off half the dome. So it's not like they're completely having it with the football-style oh, really? crowd. So they cut off they half. So one side is – it's half the stadium, basically. So it's a oh. – it, I don't know how to describe it. Without a picture. No, I know. You're, I mean, I, I can picture because I know at the Carrier Dome, like what they do for. It's like that, but games. way, way more seats. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Lastly, so w- let's pick up. So number one would be Pasadena for college football, and then what we said Madison Square for basketball. I think we're changing. Actually, we can do a one A one B. Let's do one A one B. One A would be basketball arena, so let's choose MSG, and then one B would be a dome. I'd say you can flip a coin between Indy or New Orleans. NRG is such a yeah. bad place for basketball. Indy, um, I feel like Indy, Vegas, Vegas would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah when's just... Vegas going to – have they hosted anything yet? The NIT? Yep. No, the new Raiders <laughs> stadium. Yeah, here, let me look up when that Super Bowl is. Um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be that's gonna be nuts. But uh, There was always just a huge liability thing, right, with the whole uh, – just being in Vegas and the gambling and – that was a huge worry. Oh, hey. With even having an NFL team. 2024, there. Vegas hosts the Super Bowl. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be so cool. So that's next year? Yeah, next season. Was there not an Elite, an elite 8 game in Vegas? What's the – is it UNLV? There was. Is it UNLV? Because some UNLV. team had, had to, like, change hotels because of, like, 
grossness like all in their hotel rooms. I can't remember who it was, but it was <laughs> Gosh. it was like that's a nightmare. Yeah, so. it was an elite. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was last week. When um who yeah, that was the U- UCLA Gonzaga region that played yeah. in Vegas. You're right. I was thinking that arena is the summer league arena. They hosted well. all the summer leagues. I went in there for the UNLV days, wasn't alive, so. Yeah, yeah I don't, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. I'd say Hard Rock may be my favorite Super Bowl site. Like we've had some great games there. The San Antonio Homes catch, the the that Super was, Bowl from a couple years ago, the Chiefs and 49ers, I thought was a great game. That's a, different, Super that's a whole different stadium. Caesars. Uh, or just, I guess, Miami in general, like is a cool football championship site. Some lame college football championships there and playoff games. That Kyler Murray, Bama. It's all Bama games, too. The Notre Dame, Manti Teo, Bama game. <laughs> that when they walked out of the locker room, you see um, Eddie Lacy with his jersey up to, like, below his chest, and you're just like, oh, we're about to lose by nine. They're back in college football just maybe one year. I know it's a terrible stadium. But wouldn't it be kind of cool with the history Cotton Bowl Cotton Bowl championship? Isn't that Played just in, in Dallas? No, it would be in the actual actual, actual Cotton Bowl. Oh, Cotton at Bowl. the actual Cotton Bowl? Yeah. Where is that game again? The Cotton Bowl it's is it's, it? it's in Arlington. Oh, the Texas Arlington. State Fair. Uh, yeah. Why has the Big 12 never thought about is, having the championship game there? Well, I mean it's just it's a terrible state. Like my buddy <laughs> went so the the NHL they do a winter classic every year. They play in an outdoor stadium. Which is my favorite Unique sporting event, by the way. Yeah, it's it's, Whoa, it's incredible. But uh, um, he went. He's Nashville played Dallas, and he said he went in the bathroom, and he said that the TVs in the bathroom were about fifteen inches thick. Um, you know, the old box TVs, and he was yeah. like, it's like, he said you had to be about standing right in front of it to like see the action of like what's going on <laughs> That's on the TV. Awesome. And he was like, this is. He's like, he said that that stadium is stuck stuck in like the. Like 2007, 1900s. Uh, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, it's. He said it's, it's old. But I just there's a lot of history in that stadium. No, no history that I really knew. So I'm hearing but Jack's yawns. It's you getting do. late. I want to ask y'all one last question, then we'll call it a night. My top three, and I want to hear y'all's. My top three unique style sporting events is hockey games in outdoor baseball or football stadiums. I'd say number two would probably be football games. In baseball stadiums, I love watching that random Northwestern Illinois game at Wrigley, and then three would be basketball games inside football domes. Yeah, yeah. I, the biggest one you're leaving off is basketball games on aircraft, aircraft carriers. carriers. I was yeah, about, I was about, I was about to say that. <laughs> I mean, it's so rare. And honestly, like it's it, 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 not even the best gameplay, but it's just so cool. Um, this, let me know if this counts. Fo- college football games on Thursday nights. <laughs> that's a different category. That, I, 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 that's a different. That's a different style. That's a, the, I, I, I want to. I want. I want another, yeah. another Auburn Kansas State. So yeah. bad. So so bad. Ooh. Home game. I want a home Thursday night game. Also so uh, bad. Yeah. That would be midnight madness. On we talked about that super early and we did. Uh, close to the inception of Barnes Before Bed. That that would be awesome. Yeah. And tip so, off at Tumors so is awesome. Yeah. Tip off at Tumors is so cool. Yeah. Well, any last notes before we call it a week? Nope. Auburn baseball has got a tough one this weekend Number two at number two, Florida. So uh, let's, uh, let's, hope we get, let's hope we get a win. Let's, let's do it. The Bat Tigers.
Graham, any last words? Nothing. All right. On that note, thanks for sending us off there, Mel Kuyper Copeland. I feel like there could definitely be a smoother name, but we will go back to the drawing board and figure that one out next week. And we will be back next week with no more college hoops to talk about and a lot of off-season to cover. So I'm Trey Atkins here with Campbell Garber, Jack VC, Graham Copeland. Thank you guys for staying up late with us. We'll be back next week as always. Sleep tight, Tiger fans, and War Eagle. Love you guys. Thank you all for listening from us here at Barners Before Bed. We hope you join us next Wednesday at 10 p.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Sleep tight, Tiger fans. And as always, War Eagle.